You're listening to the Data Point podcast, brought to you by The Hindu. I'm your host, Sonika Loganathan. Today, we're discussing the ongoing and horrific issue of custodial violence, torture, and death. There have been several cases of such violence and death. Now, this issue is back at the forefront following a custodial torture case in Ambasamudram in Tamil Nadu. A quick note for our listeners, this next bit includes descriptions of violence. Suspects held in lawful custody were allegedly tortured by Ambasamudram Assistant Superintendent of Police, Balvir Singh. The allegations say that Singh removed the detainees' teeth with a pair of pliers and crushed their testicles. An advocate was the first one who exposed the torture and then the media caught on, leading to an uproar from the community and on social media. Since then, an inquiry has been launched and Tamil Nadu Chief Minister M.K. Stalin has ordered Singh's suspension. This is far from the first such incident. In 2020, Jairaj and Benix, father and son, were arrested for violating lockdown restrictions. They were allegedly sexually assaulted and tortured in the Satankulam police station and died a few days after their arrest. According to data from the Lok Sabha, 478 deaths were reported in Tamil Nadu while suspects were in judicial or police custody between 2016-17 and 2021-22. Over the past six years, Uttar Pradesh reported 2,580 deaths in judicial or police custody. That's the most across all states. And in total, India recorded 11,419 such deaths over that six-year period, but this number accounts for all custodial deaths, not just those that happened because of police excess. Despite this, when it comes to holding these officers accountable, the numbers are shockingly low. What is going on here and why is this problem that is so evidently and frequently happening continuing on with seemingly little to no justice for the victims? This is part one of a two-part series about the issue. Today, we're taking a look at the legal side of things. To break this down, I'm joined by retired Madras High Court Judge K. Chandru. Sir, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Let's just start with the law itself. Article 21 of the Constitution says that, quote, no person shall be deprived of his life or personal liberty except according to procedure established by law, unquote. So is there any provision or maybe a loophole in this article or in the legal system that allows police officers to commit acts of violence against detainees and get away with it? The Article 21 has been further elaborated in Article 22.1. So we'll have to read it together. Article 21 generally talks about protection and uh, liberty. And uh, 22.1 is more specific because it gives some rights to a pre-trial accused. That is access to a lawyer of a choice, then um, giving the grounds of arrest, and then immediately protection before a magistrate. These are three grounds which has been constitutionally guaranteed to any pre-trial accused, which is supposed to be the uh, same thing like Miranda principles in America. 
Following the 1986 case of D.K. Basu versus the state of West Bengal, where Mr. Basu filed a public interest litigation over the rise of custodial deaths, the Supreme Court issued 11 guidelines to go with the existing provisions in Article 22.1. And then what happened? Now, these 11 commandments, which is now called, which has been asked to be circularized by all the police forces. So the, even Tamil Nadu government has issued a GO, giving guidelines to all their officers. Now, if a man comes, you ask them whether he has a medical problem, either internally or externally, which is created by the police during detention. But more often, the magistrates who are remanding the accused, they do not follow these guidelines. They, for example, they never ask an accused whether there is any discomfort or whether the injuries on their part is some other reason. So they just write no complaints. Meaning, the accused never said anything. But the accused were brought by the same police and after his remand, they are going to take him back. So, at the time, accompanying the accused, the accused is sufficiently warned. If you say something more, don't think that you will be pleasant return trip. So, I feel it's a duty of the magistrate to ask that person. Now, there is a questionnaire form. We will have to fill up that form. Was the accused given any medical relief? To get over that, they say the accused never made a complaint. So, the law is fine, the interpretation is fine, but down the level, the, the first entry level magistrate, he does not spend time, he has several obligations with the police also. In smaller places, it's difficult to antagonize the police. So, there is always some give and take policy there. Can you give me an example of this? How has this guideline sort of been bypassed? Satangulam case, Benix and uh, Jairaj. The policemen were downstairs in a private taxi and the bodies were lying in the taxi. The policeman goes to the first floor where he is staying in a first floor flat. He only takes the record, not the two people. So magistrate simply signs, remand, coil patti subjail. There is a nearby subjail also, had they been admitted some 15 kilometers, Veerapatnam they would have been given some medicine. Now, Koilpati subjail prison officials, they refused to admit them because they saw so many external injuries. If they could see the injury, magistrate could have seen them had they been produced. So, production before the nearest magistrate, meaning not just the file. In fact, uh, the DK boss who says, if the magistrate do not implement these guidelines, disciplinary action can be taken against them in the form of A, contempt, B, removal from service. So, after Satangulam, I wrote to the Chief Justice that this magistrate should be, action should be initiated. But then the Chief was not uh, willing that, then there was some other Chief Justice. I tried to prod over why, he said, no, they are all youngsters, they may not know much. I said, that's not a ground. The constitutional guarantee is implemented by the first level magistrate at this level. So, he is also in a way a constitutional authority at the lowest level. Nothing happens and I wrote an article, is the magistrate above law. Nothing happened but the trial goes on. So, just to reiterate and so I am understanding clearly, this sort of violence that we are seeing is in fact illegal. But it is more so because you know of the power structures that are in place that favour the police. That is why they are able to get away with this. Instead of saying loophole, you have said loophole. Loophole means everything is fine, there are some holes to be filled up. We have chosen to go before a new model, 
which is inherited from the British. And therefore, we do not have an alternative to look forward because they always say that is different, is different. We have inherited a state which is fully violent, which has armed itself to the teeth of suppression and establishing law and order. If that is a goal, then the question will be slightly different. For example, in the 1908 uh, Criminal Law Amendment Act, there is a provision to declare something is unlawful. A barrister from Madras, a leading barrister, V.G. Rao, he was arrested and he was, his association was banned. His bank uh, account was frozen under the unlawful activity. The Madras High Court and the later Supreme Court held the power to declare something is unlawful has to be tested under 1904. You government has got huge power to say whether A will be the unlawful, B will be unlawful, C will not be there. That would amount to negating 191C right to form an association. They have struck down. Now, unfortunately, this Arup Bhutan case, they don't even refer to the Vijirov's uh, case. They have said, the name of reasonable restriction, you cannot bring a restriction which will take away your fundamental right itself. And therefore, when we look at our uh, inherited penal system, we have nothing to follow some other model. We will have to work on this. So, the last hope is the constitution and that uh, not so much defined 21. 21 comes to your help, read with 22. There may be an interpretative relief. Otherwise, it is a very violent machine. So now let's take a look at the data. So we know from the Lok Sabha data that Tamil Nadu reported 478 deaths over the past six years. Now, when we look at data from the National Crime Records Bureau between 2017 and 2021, we see that not a single policeman was charge sheeted, arrested or convicted for custodial violence. Even when we look at All India data, these numbers are really low. There have just been 286 magisterial or judicial inquiries ordered, just 79 charge sheets, 114 policemen were arrested, but again, zero were convicted. So, sir, what is going on here? You know, we know that these crimes are happening, but why is no one being held accountable? See, the, the, the procedure when police acts unlawfully, the law, American law and the Indian law is slightly different. American law, uh, a wrongful procedure itself is related to mistrial. But unfortunately in India, when the police does something illegal at the time of investigation, it does not vitiate the outcome of the trial. In fact, they have said so in so many words. Like for example, you recover some uh, drug from your car, Dickie. There is a procedure how to recover. Suppose you don't follow, then you can't be charged at all. Now it's not there. Even if they illegally enter into your house and find something contraband, they can charge it. So, the mistrial is unknown. The very trial, recording evidence and assessing the evidence by a judicial magistrate or a session judge, subject to appeal and further appeal, that itself is a safeguard. Therefore, we are, uh, we are in a situation where when an illegality takes place, all that you may get some bail, all that you may get some compensation. Even the procedure to get compensation was a very torturous path. Why is that so? It is only in Nelabadi Bara versus State of Orissa, the Supreme Court said there can be a public tort where the state or the agencies does something illegal 
the tort theory can be applied as against the private person you get compensation now you can get compensation as against the state now that was the starting point for compensation now once that is there now the compensation rate varies but nothing further than compensation so for example in in the jai bhim film that original story the compensation was stoned up lakhs and a small house site was given whereas when we were in uh, the post after 30 years one thing we used to do is to uh, do fast track not delay matter because we have enough precedence secondly we used to increase the compensation we used to brought it to 10 lakhs so the compensation rate changed but things were the same now the police knew that the government will pay they can escape and secondly the commission human rights commission and also the government sometime now say we'll recover it from the officers that's a very painful process because they they constable at the lower level he doesn't get so much money to recover so that's a different theory two things are very clear whether it's a encounter or a wrongful killing or a torture you are bound to get compensation by going to constitutional court secondly the rates of compensation varies but it is on the increase beyond that we do not have a mechanism by which these officers are taken to task in some matter they when they are when they are caught like in the satanukulam case or in the rajakarna case they are punished by a normal course of trial so unlike say in the united states where you can sue the police for civil damage we can't exactly do that here right they only expect the constitutional court to give you but the civil damage can be much higher like motor accident you can even sue somebody for a crore rupees but then that system has not come because our civil system is a failure it does not give relief immediately and there are not enough precedent to advance the cause in fact i had one or two cases where i have enhanced the compensation but very rare therefore the police do not have a second check it is through the mechanism of government you are trying to supervise them not directly as one against the other in fact once justice krishnayer said the death in custody through law it is not as if people die only by law it is a death by unlaw that's more important the private violence like like you have the cobra in andhra pradesh special squads against naxalite <clears throat> you can kill anybody and then run away with it the death due to unlawful action is much higher than lawful action so therefore i do not think under the present system there is any way out because the two things police do not know how to scientifically investigate number two that the training which they hitherto got only specializes in extracting information from the accused himself which is prohibited under the constitution article 20 there is self incrimination is prohibited now therefore unless you change the mindset nothing is going to happen that that's the whole the method of investigation has been changed now if you see the evidence act statement given to police not admissible <clears throat> but any statement leading to the recovery of the weapon used is admissible section 27 recovery invariably in every criminal case there is a 27 recovery even if i give the knife to you in the police station they will not receive it they will recover it because that portion is admissible and therefore 
we have not invented or we have not gone through a different system of investigation that we have not gone and police are least suited for such investigation so one major issue we've seen and we've seen it here in this ambasumudram case as well is that witnesses turn hostile can you explain why this happens and what you're supposed to do as a lawyer or as a judge when this happens that is because you you keep the accused to the wolves and therefore he has no option except to cooperate with them this this happens all the time in fact i had a i had a case when i was a judge a woman came and told me in the court that her brother is in saidapet jail with serious injuries including broken leg when i asked the advocate general he denied it then i appointed a lawyer to go to saidapet in a taxi and come back and give a report so he came and gave a report in the afternoon that there are 57 injuries on his body and there is a broken leg and no medical treatment therefore i admitted him to the um, rayapeta hospital appointed a medical board to examine him and give a report the medical board gave a report concurring with the number of injuries and all that at that time the advocate general said he is a most dreaded criminal he has committed four murders and two rapes and uh, this fellow should not be shown any sympathy i told him that uh, how does it matter that he is not given a treatment i am only asking then i called for the magistrate file she that magistrate was a lady magistrate she has said no complaint in the remand report so i told her how is that you wrote like this no sir he never said anything he need not say his body there are there are uh, blood injuries then she fell at my feet i said that's not correct you have been appointed to protect the constitutional right of an accused how you do this they ask for a disciplinary action to be taken but then this is a statement everywhere this happen then i told them to uh, give treatment in the other two days later when i called the case police filed a memo saying yes got discharged from the hospital against medical advice then i asked them how is that he got bail you oppose the bail here no no sir we granted bail so the deal was that he'll be given a bail and then he'll go out of the hospital go out of my scrutiny now where do i go from all these things we have our limitation even to probe all these things we can take action to magistrate we can get him admitted to the hospital we can disagree with the but then the police knows much more than what we can do and settle the issue directly with him suppose he is a habitual offender he is at most in the necessity of being good terms with the police and they would have told him see this time you cooperate we will now let you off with other cases so there are there are so many uh, field level understanding an accused need not fight all the time about uh, his right bigger than that is to have a working relationship with the law enforcing agency which is much more easier than establishing some legal right that's a, and even uh, this ambasumudram is only a 145 statement which has got no relevance because the 145 statement is sent it to the collector then it comes to government saying then the police nothing wrong but still he can go to human rights commission still he can go to the high court if they show that uh, 145 statement he can always disagree saying that there was a pressure and police tell them what to say before the rdo i have heard police telling them nardal in dabakana varno don't think that you can get away with us that is uh, that works on that 
So a significant share of detainees who are victims of custodial torture or death are from the scheduled caste community. And this is also because a large portion of people who are detained in the first place are from those communities. So can you just explain the caste angle that this issue has? My career as a lawyer, as a senior lawyer, I've conducted some 15 custodial death cases. But as a judge, I was almost some 30 cases we have heard. Therefore, the rate of death and the, the period by which such things happen is on the increase, never decrease. I can give you 101 cases similar to the film which is which you saw. It's very common and it comes to scheduled cars and Adivasis. The torture and killing is much higher because they have nobody to even come and question the in fact, in case of a criminal tribes, denotified tribes, it's much higher because nobody in the village is going to support them. They're always known as a criminal tribe. And police also writes, even in the chart sheet, they write KR before your name, that means Koravar. IR they write because Yerular. We questioned in the court saying, how is that you are giving prefix to all the names? High court gave a direction that such things should not be followed, but nobody agrees. Now, if you are going to be denotified, not in the minds of the police, that's why the first scene shows, they are already writing with a van, you are a Irula, then get into the van, there are next case pending. So the amount of state oppression is much higher over these communities. And no court system has ever stopped it. The only way is to stop is to accept them as part of the village where there is certain amount of involvement in the village that is not there. Many times they are nomadic, gypsy type of things. If they get settled like colors, which is a very predominant group, they were able to come up life, uh, economic power, political power, everything they are able to have. So that's a fully transformed. Nobody will now touch them. Though the word color means thief. Now they have made it their mukulator, so tevar, so new, new title has come. Unlike there is a social uh, mobility, and certain amount of organization, this will not stop at all. Do you think that having CCTV cameras in police stations and jails would help reduce, if not solve, this problem? Because, you know, data from the Status of Policing in India report 2023 showed that only 33% of police stations in India had functioning CCTV cameras as of January 23rd, 2023, despite the mandate from the Supreme Court in Paramvir Singh Saini versus Baljeet Singh, would you know there be better enforcement um, if you know there were cameras installed? No, in several circumstances we have proved, like I'm telling you that Varasarvakam Kuravar's case, there are photographs that they are being tortured. Mm. Even the CCTV in the Satavalam showed that they were being beaten, but some of the CCTVs were switched off. They try to doctor all these things. That even then, there are statements by witnesses who come to police station, who come to serve coffee. They can never escape. So to avoid this, what the police now do is, they have torture camps set up elsewhere. Some private houses are hired, where they will be taken and beaten up. And then if he belongs to A station, they will be beaten up at B station. And then they will show the custody in the A station only. So they also come up with new theories how to get over the established law. 
this is the deficiency today we do not have a institutional form of human rights organization which can continuously fight all these things and secondly there we have been insisting there must be a civilian supervision over all police station there must be a civilian committee which will be in charge of each station and if there is anything something happen they will also go and see there is a locus only for them to go today no ordinary person will ever go to the station and they'll throw you out and they'll fix you in some other case so this should be legalized that the monitoring of the police activity by a civil uh, society in some form it should be there and what about getting dna evidence or more scientific evidence of a crime is that an option i think first of all there is no scientific method of investigation say take fingerprints say take dna sampling now that is not allowed and that's a violation of article 20 self incrimination now you go to um, the forensic laboratory there is a huge queue waiting Six months it may take for a report to come in. Go to some laboratory where the viscera test takes the forty-five days. There is still scope for manipulation. Therefore, even you switch over to science, it is not uh, value-free. There are mechanisms which can put spokes on that. Unless you have an overall system of um, investigation, some elite squad, which can immediately come into the picture. In every case, there can't be SIT. like in the sangra subu sons death you have a cbcid you had a cbi you had a sit by raghavan then again back to cbcid what i don't know nothing nothing has happened so sometime you waste time sometime even there is a necessity you don't even uh, provide such kind of help so it is something lost in the wild and we are just only talking something about the papers so many rapes so many violence ultimately what happens to these cases who follows all this that's a very i know in tamil nadu even some other cases from magistrate to sessions court have not gone which takes only 15 days to refer this case but even after 3 4 years matters have not gone to the sessions court it has been withheld on some specious ground some documents missing at the connivance of the lower staff so in each district there are some 150 to 100 cases have not gone to the trial court if if there can be so many blocks at every level how do you streamline this very sad state of affairs so then what are the power structures that are in place right now that are perpetuating these kinds of crimes and how do we go about dismantling it there are two types of power structure which is a, in a village <clears throat> it is a gentry which decides whether somebody to punish or not and that can never be dismantled unless you have a dismantle of the caste system itself number 1 number 2 now there is a new political elements coming up as a fifth power of state they decide with their own hate speech and with their own distinction on based on religion they perpetrate violence which has got a state patronage so there is a state patronage there is a private armies which decide matters in between the two the appointed officers dance to the tunes of all these people now therefore to expect an objective system the dismantling is not just a wish of somebody the dismantling has to be a 
change of the social structure which may take several years to come in i don't think at the grassroots level in a rural area there can immediately be an egalitarian method of encouraging the reason why acst po act violence are not directed and the perpetrators are not punished because it's impossible to punish them and therefore you make a special law you make a special investigator and you make a special court and you have a special prosecutor now you amend the law the accused can even come and plead and then i engage their own lawyer all these wishful thinking but ground level how does it happen i must want have my next employment and that will be denied to me because the whole set of landlord will say don't engage them therefore my survival now the law says you can give them some compensation how long the compensation and i found in that podumbu case pokso in madurai out of 84 girls who were witnesses 16 girls were married during that time because i got them compensation about 1.2 lakhs as an interim compensation as a judge i gave the order i didn't know there can be a reaction like this so immediately all the parents got them married by the time after 6 years when the trial started they had a husband they have a child in their hand and how will they ever come and say 6 years before this rascal came and misbehaved because the husband is standing there so out of 84 16 became hostile it is only because sheer number there were other witnesses the magistrate are also we are watching we are monitoring therefore he could not do anything hanky panking by monitoring how many cases we can do all this this is impossible i don't think the system changes overnight and then we have a different result that i don't think so so thank you so much once again for joining us today This is part 1 of a two-part series and next week we will be looking at the police side of things. So please make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss next week's episode. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all other major streaming platforms. You can also check out our data point stories at thehindu.com/data. Thanks for listening.